One property can save your retirement. How is that possible? We're going to talk about that on this episode of Real Estate Revenue. Welcome to Real Estate Revenue. I'm your host, Paul Airy, and I want to talk about your retirement again <clears throat> because it just doesn't seem to be getting any better. In fact, the whole retirement crisis is worse. It's getting worse every day. Trillions of dollars have been lost from 401ks and IRAs, and I don't know, I guess people are not able to do anything about it or they're not waking up to the fact that they're going to retire and be moving in with their kids. <laughs> no, that would really suck, wouldn't it? So here's the thing. I did a video a while back called One Property Can Change Your Life. Uh, may have also used it as a podcast episode. This one's going to be both, by the way. If you listen on audio, you can find this on most of the podcast platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, just about all of them. And also on YouTube. The video version is on YouTube, or will be on YouTube. So I like YouTube because you can go there and leave comments, ask questions, tell me about your experiences. And it can be a little bit more of a two-way deal. And so if, uh, if you have any comments or questions, go on to YouTube, find the video, <clears throat> and I'll try to remember to leave a link to it in the uh, podcast description so that you can just go to it straight to it. The YouTube channel is Real Estate Revenue. So look for, actually, it's Paul Airy Real Estate Revenue. So look for that. So here we go. One property can save your retirement. Uh, is that an exaggeration? No, it's not. I've seen it happen and actually happens a lot. If you figure out that that million dollars that you've saved, and we've all saved a million dollars, right? No, I don't think so. That money you've saved for your retirement isn't going to go very far, even if it's a million dollars. Interesting thing, I want this is an example of how people are not, they're in denial about this. <clears throat> I, watched a, I watched a video by a friend of mine, he's a financial expert, got an amazing, he has an amazing business where he helps people with their finances and helps you with cash flow. And his name's Garrett Gunderson, and he has a company called Wealth Factory. And, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> and so he had a video, I can't even remember the whole topic of the video, but, but retirement was part of that. And so I had to chime in on the comments and Tell I had to make comments about, you know, what happens when you have a million dollars saved and you don't even get uh, 35000 a year. If you take out the 3.5% that your financial planner tells you to take out. And some guy had to reply to my comment and poo-pooed the whole thing and told me how, you know, I was way off and 
you know, and what it amounted to, he was nitpicking the crap out of this comment that I made and saying that, you know, I was off by $50,000 spread over 25 years. Well, who cares about $50,000 spread over 25 years? That's $2,000 a year. I was making estimates anyway. I wasn't trying to be perfectly exact. So that's the kind of thing that is going to bite people in the butt when it comes time for them to retire. And they're so focused on these little things, they're, they're missing the big picture. So here's the big picture. You can't retire on a million dollars. It's really pitiful that we've gotten to that, but a million dollars won't go very far. I mean, let's face it, we live longer. My mother died two or three months short of 100. And, you know, my grandfather lived to be 95. And these were not necessarily healthy living people. I mean, my grandfather chewed tobacco and, and, you know, he ate all the wrong foods. And my mother, she didn't chew tobacco, but she did, she did not eat like healthy organic foods. And, and she just, maybe it was genetics, uh, kind of hoping that's part of it. But the point is the retirement money isn't there. If you have a million dollars and you retire, say you retire at 65, financial planners are telling you to take out three and a half percent a year to live on. That's $35,000 a year. If it's in one of these tax deferred retirement plans, then you got to pay taxes on that. So you're going to end up with less than $3,000 a month. You know, and you put that with your social security, you're not going to have much to live on there. I, I want to live better than that when I retire and I don't want to have to scrimp and save and budget when I retire. I want to do if I retire, I want to travel. I want to have some fun. I want to enjoy myself. And just to be transparent, I don't ever plan on retiring. I like what I do. I don't have a need to retire. And I plan on doing it from now on for the rest of my life. There's no age limit on real estate. Okay. Anybody have one of my clients is in his seventies and he doesn't plan on retiring. He's still going full force, buying properties and, and building properties. And there's no reason to retire unless you know you can't any you can't physically do whatever you do anymore. And that's not likely to happen with what I do. So just to get that out there. Now if you take your one million dollar savings and you know and I've been over all this before in previous episodes, but maybe you haven't been there. Maybe you weren't there to hear that. You take your million dollars that you saved for your retirement, and rather than taking out $35,000 a year to live on and watch it dwindle away, even if you have, even if you're still earning money on that, it's still going to get smaller and smaller and smaller as time goes on. If say you put that million dollars into some real estate and that million dollar property or properties that you buy, can generate you an 8% return. And that is about the least I would settle for right now, especially with interest rates being what they are. But let's just say, let's leave loans out of it right now. Let's say you took that million dollars and paid cash. 8% return, that's 80000 a year rather than $35,000 a year minus taxes. Now, what about taxes on your real estate? So let me go over a few things. So that's the first thing it's going to do. It's going to, it's going to provide you with cash flow. 
your million dollars sitting in a bank or sitting in a 401k or whatever it's in. None of those things are safe right now, by the way. Uh, it's not going to really provide you cash flow. That $35,000 a year that you take out isn't really cash flow. You're, you're reducing your principal and you're, you are living off of that money. And it's not really cash flow. If it was cash flow, a million dollars would still be there and you'd be getting money on top of that. That's cash flow. And so that's what real estate will do. Provide you the cash flow. You buy the property. The property's still there. It's not going anywhere. It's going to generate you the income. So you'll get the $80,000 a year and it's not going to decrease in value. I mean, it may every now and then, you know, every few years, the government and the banking system and the federal reserve do everything that they can do like they're doing right now to screw up everything and property values drop. But you know what? I've never, ever in my life seen real estate go to zero. Value of real estate does not go to zero. Now, my philosophy on buying these properties, by the way, is not to wait till you have a million dollars and pay cash. That's the Dave Ramsey way, and that is BS. And I'm just going to call it that right now. I've danced around, danced around that subject for a while, trying to be nice with what I say about Dave Ramsey because he's got a lot of fans, he's got a lot of followers, and he does good work. He helps people get out of debt. But I draw the line at his real estate advice because – his real estate advice is great for somebody who makes 20 or $30 million a year like he does. For the average person who makes 100000 a year, his advice sucks, and it's just not going to work for you. But he wants you to save and pay cash for all the real estate you buy. Now, let's say you've, you see properties you like. You want to buy a million-dollar property. Uh, so you're gonna, how long is it going to take you to save a million dollars? 20, 30 years, and by the time you have saved it, guess what? The quality of property that you get for that much money is a lot lower than it was 20 or 30 years ago when you first started. So my philosophy is you find a lender who's willing to work with you, and you save up whatever it takes for the down payment on the property, and you borrow the money, and you let your tenants pay the loan payments. That is what real, real estate investing is all about. That is what investors do. They don't go pay cash for these properties. Uh, they use other people's money. And, um, you know, okay, Dave Ramsey, he can afford to pay cash because he does things like, what did I hear recently? He's getting sued by some of his listeners because he was advertising a timeshare legal firm that got people out of their timeshare contracts and they paid him to the tune of about, what was it, like several million dollars a year. You know, he was $30 million over six years or something like, something crazy like that. And, you know, when you're getting five or six million dollars a year from somebody just for talking for 30 seconds every week or every day, you can afford to go pay cash for a property. I can't do that. Most of you can't do that. So let's not even go there. Let's just say 
we're going to do this the, the sensible way. We're going to borrow the money, and the tenant's going to pay it off. And uh, the other argument he has, well, what if your tenant moves out? Then you have to go find another tenant. Well, so what? Big freaking deal. You have to go find a tenant. It's a little bit of work. That's why you have cash reserves. That's why you have real estate agents that you work with and you do marketing. You know, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're going to lose a tenant every now and then, but it's not worth staying out of the game just because you're afraid of losing a tenant. Be a better landlord, <laughs> you know, be a, be a good landlord. I, I don't know why he's so afraid of losing tenants. Apparently, for some reason he is, and it happens. That's part of the business. You have to plan for it. Now, so that's the first thing. It provides cash flow. Second, increasing equity. You have the equity on your property increasing every day. And there are a couple of ways that's going to happen. First of all, your tenant is going to pay down the loan payment for you. They're paying your mortgage. That rent that comes in is going to pay your mortgage. Not only that, it's going to pay your bills on the property. And if you're smart and you have triple net leases, they're going to pay the bills, all the bills. You have will have zero expenses on your property. And you're going to have increasing equity. Another way you can increase equity is by increasing the income on your property. Because when in a commercial property, when you increase the income, now this doesn't work on houses, okay, just commercial properties. When you increase the income on that property, the value of the property goes up. If I do something to increase the income on my property, I can have it reappraised. The appraisal will go up because it's based on the on the income that it generates. The value of the property is based on the income that the property generates. Only in commercial, not in residential. Residential is one to four unit, one to four family units, single family houses, duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes. Five units and above becomes commercial. Commercial is also retail, office, industrial properties, and then a few little subtypes in between those. And so when you increase the income on those properties, the value of the property goes up and you can take that appraisal and you can go back to your lender and say, Hey, look, my value of the property is going way up and I, my tenants have been paying the loan payment down for me, increasing my equity on top of this other increase. I want to refinance and get some cash out and you can do that. And you can take that cash, which is tax free by the way, because it is, it's loan proceeds, not income. It's tax-free. You can take that money and you can go buy another property with it or you can do whatever you want to do with it. I suggest buy more real estate with it and start another one. And this is what you do over time, over the years. You just keep buying and buying and buying and never sell if it's at all possible. That's one of the big mistakes I have made in my investing career is selling my properties. I wish I had not sold any of my properties. I wish I had kept all of them. Unfortunately, I had to learn the lesson. You know, everybody has to learn by doing. I learned by doing, and now I'm wishing I had all those properties back that I've sold. 
So I can tell you the most successful real estate investors in the world never sell their properties. Uh, one of my biggest clients, uh, he owns, I don't even know what he owns, probably 40 to 50 properties around the state of Texas and Arkansas. And he has, he hardly ever sells properties. The only time he sells a property is if it's going to cost him more to keep it than to sell it. Or if it's, you know, it turns out to be more trouble than it's worth. If it's something that's hard to, to put a tenant in, but otherwise he just doesn't sell properties. And I have another client like that too. He's an investor. He, this guy was a commercial painter, still is. He paints buildings for a living and he actually makes more on real estate investing than, than his painting business. And he runs paint crews and tape and bed crews. You know, they do texturing on walls, drywall stuff. And, you know, his crews do all that. He has a lot. He makes a lot of money at that, but he makes a lot more in real estate investing. And this guy travels all over the world. He travels to <laughs> crazy places. Oh, he goes to Mexico a lot. He goes to Philippines and Spain. I think he sent, he told me one time he sent his, his daughter to Spain to learn to speak Spanish. And, and he said, this is all because of real estate. Because I got him started in real estate investing uh, just by accident, and he's done so well with it. So increasing equity is the second thing about this. You can force the equity to increase by increasing the income on the property. The third thing you're going to uh, get from, the third benefit you're going to get from owning real estate for your retirement is the tax savings. And this is a big one. You will save thousands of dollars in taxes. You know, all those taxes your 401k didn't pay and you're going to have to pay that out of your 401k money when you start taking it out. Real estate is not that way. When you get income, you're going to get a tax deduction on the interest you pay on the loan. You're going to get to depreciate the property. By the time you're done with this, you're going to pay thousands less in taxes and if you can get yourself designated as a real estate professional, you get even more tax benefits. It can actually eat away the tax the tax burden from your other incomes if you're not retired yet. Being designated as a real estate professional with the IRS, I believe it's 750 hours a year that you have to spend actively pursuing real estate. That's not many hours. Was it 10 hours, 15 hours a week, something like that? Not very many. You can do that pretty easily. So those are the three ways that one property can save your retirement. So imagine your retirement going from thirty-five thousand a year to eighty thousand a year. Imagine if you start that, and that's if you started now at retirement age, when you'd already saved all that money. I try to tell people stop thinking about savings. Think about investing. There's this thing called financial momentum. I've done an episode on it. I did one on, on uh, I did a video episode, I think, and I did a uh, podcast episode. Go back to one of my podcasts. You'll find financial momentum and it explains it there. It's a real thing. It's a, actually an equation, and I kind of, I didn't make up the equation, but I, adapt, I adapted an equation from physics to explain why rich people are rich and why poor people are poor and why, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, and it's it's not what most people think. It's not the rich person's fault that the poor people are poor. It's financial momentum, and you got to be on the right side of that 
to not be poor and to be rich. So if you start earlier in life, if you're in your 20s or 30s or 40s, 50s, start buying real estate. If you can buy a property every couple of years, uh, more if possible, but you know, it's not, uh, I'm not going to tell you that it's the easiest thing in the world to buy properties, but if you can buy a property every couple of years, if you started when you were 30, by the time you were 40, you'd have 10 properties. And about every 15 years, if you finance them right, and you did no refinancing on them in 15 years after buying the property, it could be paid off. Let me tell you about a story. A guy I met was in Midland having dinner at this place and with some friends from California. And just by coincidence, he ran into somebody else in that same restaurant in Midland, Texas, that he knew from Fresno, California. Kind of odd, but... He introduced me to the guy, and, and he was telling me later that this guy had retired. I believe he worked for a grocery chain, and he started buying houses. Now, you know, I'm not a house fan, but he, he it works. You know, it's not doesn't work as good as commercial, but so he started buying houses, and he would buy a house and rent it out, and buy a house and rent it out, and he kept those houses, and they, you know, eventually paid themselves off. And thirty years later, he's ready to retire. He's got. 35, 30, 35 houses paid for and generating income, and he's living off that income from those houses. You can do the same with commercial real estate. The numbers get a little higher. You know, you make you make more money. You have more cash. So think about starting now, whatever age you're at. Think about starting now in the next 18 months, this is in the summer of 2023 that I'm recording this in the middle of July. We're about to have some huge opportunities in commercial real estate. Things are kind of coming are coming to a boiling point in that business, in the banking business, and that's where the opportunities are going to come in because these commercial real estate owners that that didn't do it right, that um, got caught without enough cash reserves or Maybe they overfinanced on their properties or whatever the reason they're they're losing a lot of office properties. This is happening to because they lost a lot of tenants because of the pandemic. And that really wasn't anybody's fault. Uh, well, it was somebody's fault, but it wasn't the owner of the property and it wasn't the bank, you know, but they're going to pay the price for it. And the price is going to be that these properties are going to be available pretty cheap at some point. So keep your eyes open, keep your eyes and ears open. And in the next 18 months or so, 24 months, you know, the $1.5 trillion in commercial real estate that has to be refinanced. And uh, a lot of it won't be able to because it no longer meets the lender's requirements. They've tightened their requirements and properties are cash flowing less. So Keep your eyes and ears open. There's going to be some opportunity you can pick up on some of those properties. So that's about it for this episode of Real Estate Revenue. If you got some value out of this, if you're on YouTube right now, click the subscribe button, uh, hit the like button, and come back and see us. Leave comments, leave ask questions. And uh, if you know anybody that's in a retirement pickle right now that needs help, I'll leave in the comments, talk about it. Let's talk about uh, what they can do to fix it. And, uh, and I'll see you next time on Real Estate Revenue. 